This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, welcome to the Infinite Monkey Cage podcast. This is the podcast which is slightly longer, or sometimes actually very much longer, than the version you may have heard on Radio 4. And for purposes of balance, quite soon we're actually going to be using the podcast to bring out much, much shorter versions, like about seven minutes, which are very much the best of what happened in our conversation about ravens or quantum cosmology. I can didn't I, let you say anything, can did I, I, Brian? Can I say something? No, 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 it's fine. Anyway, listen. Hello, I'm Robin Ince. And I'm Brian Cox. In the last couple of years, many people have considered leaving the country. <laughs> But we are more ambitious than that. We've decided to become Martians. But what skills will we need to take the monkey cage into space? Now, to be an astronaut, you need three things in particular, which is, I would say, peak physical fitness, uh, peak mental agility, and uh, highly absorbent underwear. And uh, I have at least one of those things. And I... Brian, shut up. I am very good at doing puzzles. And uh, in fact, I can do the Times crossword, I would say, in under an hour. And uh, if it takes more than an hour, it doesn't matter. I don't have to leave my armchair because of the... Anyway, look, so you... uh... (laughs) Today we ask, what does it take to be an astronaut and what lies ahead for human spaceflight? We're joined by two astronauts and, for balance, someone who isn't. (laughs) And they are. Hello, I'm Tim Peake. I'm a European Space Agency astronaut. And the most surprising thing that I experienced in space was seeing some lights flying in formation past the cupola window and then discovering that it was Russian urine leaking from the uh, ISS. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Helen Sharman. I'm the first British astronaut, scientist, science communicator, not in that order. And the most surprising thing I experienced in space was a power cut. <laughs> I'm Mark Steele. I was the eighth British astronaut. <laughs> And I, was, I had a very similar experience to Tim, but I can't use that anecdote now. But the, uh, <laughs> my hope, really, was to play cricket in space, as I think is the one chance I'd have of ever hitting a six. <laughs> and this is our panel. <laughs> Can I just ask both you, Helen and Tim, I had heard that when, when the, the urine goes out and it kind of sparks stuff, but then does it kind of explode or it kind of... Uh, this wasn't where we were going to start, but you brought it up, Tim, to be quite honest. So, does that happen? Helen will be able to describe uh, in the chemistry behind it, uh, but it just crystallises instantaneously, and then the light obviously reflects, and that's what you see sparkling. Helen. So, yeah, Helen, so... Better, yes. <laughs> how, did you, how did you know it was Russian? Uh, because it, it was... <laughs> it was it was coming out the sickle on the end. It was coming out. Yeah, it was coming out the progress vehicle, and I saw where it was coming from. So I actually went straight to the progress, and there I saw Yuri with uh, a screwdriver, a swearing in Russian, and so I knew that that was exactly where the problem was. And he was already he had already realised that something was quite wrong because he'd seen the pressure dropping in the tank. So we'd gone that down there to investigate. So I just went to tell him it is actually leaking out the side. Perhaps you want to come and take a look. That is a very interesting... That is an episode of You Bet I would like to see, someone's skill, which is to tell the nationality uh, by the crystals of urine. In, uh, it's, so if anyone is thinking of doing a You Bet version in space, I'm available to host. Um, let's uh, move on quickly. First of all, I want to know, what was the process of... How did, how did you become an astronaut? So I applied for a job, um, like most people do for any jobs. Perhaps unless you're a comedian. I don't know if you apply to be a comedian. Perhaps you don't. But um, We yeah. apply for every other job and are turned down. That's basically <laughs> what happens, and then we have to. 
so yeah, um, this was um, a position that was open all of a sudden. Um, people from Britain could apply um, for a, a mission that had been created, actually, to put the first Britain into space. And I heard it before, you know, we, we, now we, we, you, know, you look on the European Space Agency website, but, um, but nowadays, when I applied, there was no website. So this was 1989, um, before the internet, and I heard about it on the radio. So driving my car home from work and uh, heard an advert for, um, for a space mission, decided to apply. Never thought I would get chosen, but you know, as it turns out, you, you, you never know, it's worth a go. And was it quite a rigorous selection process? How long did it take? So it was quite quick as space selections go because a mission had been um, already assigned about two years after the advert had been announced. So as it was like a, a company had been set up to manage this mission, a British company to liaise with what the then Soviet Space Agency. And as soon as they'd got an agreement, they made, sort of let out this advert to, to recruit their astronauts. So it had to be quite quick because then we needed to be in position, I think it was actually five months later. So in June, I heard the advert. In November, I was already beginning my training. And it's the training, the centrifuges, all the things that we imagine you have to go through when you're an astronaut you get turned upside down and (laughs) in the training or in the selection in in the selection selection. yes in the selection in fact the selection was the first time I actually went into a centrifuge ever and actually the last time so I didn't do any centrifuge in training it was all in selection so once they decided they'd selected you as far as they were concerned I was g-force tolerant and they didn't need to worry again but no there's a lot of this motion sickness testing as well so um, the Soviets were quite keen I mean Tim can tell us if they're still as keen but they were really keen to make sure that we didn't throw up in space um, but I mean having never done it before I got no idea how I was going to feel and I, I was more worried about blacking out actually I got um, no idea how to really really cope with this because I'd never never done a centrifuge ever I mean I bet being you know if you're a helicopter pilot you do centrifuges don't you every so often I hadn't actually done the centrifuge no my, my first time in a centrifuge was during training in Star City 